Welcome to the Rural Revival Podcast. I'm your host, Dana Larson. This week, we're with Natalie Kavorik and Jatana Williams of Ranch Wives Beef Co., based out of ranches in rural Nebraska and Montana. I met up with these girls on the road when they were in Kansas City to speak at the American Hereford Association's Brand Marketing Summit, and we got to have a great conversation about how their lifelong friendship has turned into a business and partnership. So here we go with Natalie and Jatana. Well, we're here today with Natalie Kavorik and Jatana Williams of Ranch Wives Beef Co. Guys, thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks for having us. It's a long time coming. We followed you for a while and excited to sit down and talk. Yes, the day has finally come. Yeah, I think excited is an understatement. We are stoked to, to be here tonight. So, Well, let's start out and have you guys tell us a little bit about each of you, how you grew up, and how you guys first met each other. Sure. Um, I'll go first because I typically do, I guess. I'm not sure why. We have an order for these things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Natalie. Um, I am the Nebraska half of Ranchwise Beef Company. And I live with my husband in central Nebraska. But I'm fairly new to the area. I just relocated in the last couple of years. I was actually born and raised um, in southwest Montana in the same small town Jatana was. Um, I grew up on a uh, registered Hereford operation, so I grew up kind of immersed in the agricultural community and really blessed that I um, had that upbringing and then, um, you know, never thought I'd stay a part of it, but by God's great grace, I did. I met my husband and married him, and um, I guess that's kind of how I ended up in central Nebraska. Yeah, my name is Jatana. I'm the other half of Ranch Wives Beef Co. Uh, like Natalie said, we grew up in the same little town. Do we, we still say sleepy town? <laughs> I'm not sure. Um, in rural Montana. And a really small town. We graduated with a class of like 35, I think, 34. Um, and Natalie and I have known each other since we were seven. I did not grow up in a ranching or ag family, but in a small town like that, it's hard to escape. And so all of my friends um, either had ranches or farmed. And so I was out running around with Natalie at seven riding, what was that horse's name? Buck something. Buckshot. Buckshot. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so I stayed uh, around after going to pharmacy school, I came back and married my high school sweetheart and we've been married for, I think, eight years now. Don't quote me on that. And um, live in the same small town. My husband ranches with his dad and his grandpa. And they have been in that same location for over 150 years. So it was homesteaded in 1864. Um, and my husband is a sixth-generation rancher. So a lot of legacy there. And hopefully we don't screw it up. <laughs> I think you're on a good path. <laughs> Well, at some point, you had this idea to collaborate and work together to start selling your beef. How did that all come about? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, Natalie and I, um, we have quite a history of working together already. We went to grade school, um, high school, and then ended up in pharmacy school together and graduated in 2012 from pharmacy school worked together as clinical pharmacists, and then Natalie moved to Nebraska um, with her husband, and we continued to stay in touch, like, nightly. And it was just a conversation that we had had one night about 
ways that we can um, add to our current operations, what we could bring to the ranching community and kind of brought on ranch wives. Yeah, we were talking earlier with someone actually kind of about this same thing. And we were saying that another really big portion um, was both being parents. Um, We had children and we knew, I mean, my oldest is 13 years old. So he's at that point where he's showing a real passion and interest in ranching. Um, And I think on the back mind of every rancher or farmer is the next generation. Um, And so we were kind of, I think we just knew in our hearts that, you know, if this is what our children wanted to do, you know, we had to start contributing and we needed to do something to ensure that there was something to pass on to them and something to give them. And um, I don't know, I guess when I think about being a mother of boys and boys on the ranches, I just wanted to do something that I could do with them all the time, you know, and be with them all the time on the ranch. And um, I don't know how it came, you know, that idea came out as ranch wives, but I'm sure glad it did. You know, I'm happy we're on this path. So once the idea kind of came to be, where did you start? It was quick. I mean, it was like one conversation. Um, I have about a 40 minute drive from my pharmacy job um, home. And so Natalie and I talked quite frequently on those drives home. And we basically, you know, had decided, well, we want to sell ranch direct beef. Like we want to get it to the consumer. We want to share our beef with America's dinner tables. And it wasn't a conversation of, well, are you going to do this? Am I going to do this? It was like all of a sudden, like we were just in it together. And that just sparked a fire, really. Um, And we ended up starting the Instagram right away and started um, boots on the ground getting our website developed at that point. Yeah, we started with the Instagram page. Um, I think by nature, I'm a very... Well, actually, when I had moved to Nebraska, um, I did not have a pharmacy job lined up. So I, I like wasn't doing anything. And before I was a single mom who was working full time. So I went from this lifestyle of doing like working, you know, just on the go all the time, whether it was like working and then at my son's activities, you know, school, sports, everything. I felt like I was always on the go. And then I relocated and I had all this time. And so I, I think by nature, I'm a very like I don't really think about things. I just kind of jump full force in. And so thankfully, Jutana trusted me enough and (laughs) took the jump with me immediately because I was like, perfect, I have time to do this right now. Let's get going. (laughs) So um, like she said, it was really quick. We kind of just had one conversation. We didn't really think about it or discuss or logically sit down and create like a business plan. Is this going to work? What are we going to do? It was like, let's do it and we'll figure it out as we go. And it's been very fluid. And that's luckily Natalie and I's relationship is that way like we I don't have a sister but I would imagine if I did have a sister I would talk and you know interact with her similarly but almost like even more like like we were walking back here um from a conference and we were like we bicker like little like sisters but then also it's like we can we can tell each other absolutely everything and going forward with a business model um with 100% trust in someone, I don't think people get that. Yeah. Well, shipping beef, I mean, this has to be tricky for a lot of reasons. So how did you figure it out? Because you had this great idea, but then you actually had to figure out a way to make it happen. Yeah, that happened. We were like, oh, so 
we actually have to figure all this out now. <laughs> like, oh, we're here. Um, and it has been a learning curve, but I think we both, and I think maybe it goes back to that trust factor. You know, we've both seen each other in an academic setting and, and understand that we can both rise to the occasion to figure things out. And I think um, by nature, maybe we're both kind of problem solvers like that, um, where we just felt that anything we encountered on the way, we would be able to, and there's a lot that we've had to research and we're very type A, and so we're able to delegate tasks and get all of our tasks out on paper and um, have worked well in, you know, splitting the load and, and getting that all done. There isn't this easy, like, manual. No, we know, kept looking get... for that. Like, we researched so many, um, like, what am I trying to say? Um, like shipping companies or like, um, wholesalers? Well, like the Food and Drug Administration or like oh, regulations. Yeah. Yeah. So regulations, kind of- like beyond just shipping meat, the regulations are, are you know, wild. And to know which ones you need to follow and state regulations, USDA, it's all – it's a lot of information to soak in and and not one good place to go and find that information. No, and I think in the beginning we were looking for that source. Like that's what we devoted our time to. It was like, okay, we're going to find the manual that tells us what we need to do to ship beef and how you ship beef and, you know, kind of our step-by-step guide. And then somewhere along the way we realized that doesn't exist. We need to write our own manual essentially. Um, and basically just through a lot of hard work and slewing through websites and information and reading and just – a lot of what we do is bouncing ideas off each other. You know, we trust each other's opinions and our gut instincts. And so it was like, well, what do you think about this liner? Or I researched this box and what do you think about that? And usually it's just like going with each other's gut intuition of, you know, well, this is what I read and understood and this is what I think about it. What do you, you know, what do you think? And yeah. And then to get that to translate to a website that we built ourselves was a lot of work. Um, Getting like their shipping to match what, because it's, we're not shipping like, we're shipping one box, but every one of those boxes weighs a little bit different. And so to get that to translate into some kind of shipping costs, we've got it within cents, which seems, wow, un, you know. So there's just a huge amount of detail to figure out yeah. and yeah. to make a process smooth. Yeah. Part of the message you guys have created with Ranch Wives Beef Co. includes your love and respect for the livestock and the land and stewarding that well. Why is that important to you? Um, Well, I mean, these are family businesses that we are essentially, I wouldn't say piggybacking off of, but we are, you know, bringing value to a family business that has already been here. My husband's family has been ranching in the same location for over 150 years, and that is a legacy that no one would want to deteriorate or tarnish. And so to treat that land and keep it and and hand it to a family member that makes it look better than it, than we were given it, um, that's all we can ask for. And our husbands, they're they're amazing. They um they have a love for cattle that is kind of it's a little silly. Yeah. It's a little silly. Um, the way that they can talk about cattle and, I mean, y- you know, the way women, like, will we'll scroll through a phone and, like, fashion, they will do that for cattle. Like, they legit have catalogs of cattle, like, laying everywhere and will sit there and scroll through, like, photos. And it's like, they love it. 
And so to see that love and that admiration that they have, it's easy to, you know, tag along and, and find, um, find a passion for it too. And I would say that our story and our love isn't one that's really any different from any other rancher or farmer. I think if you pulled, you know, you had a small group in a room and you pulled them and you said, you know, do you love your cattle or do you love your land or do you have a passion? You know, every single one of them would raise their hand. So to an outsider, it may seem silly and, you know, that may seem admirable or something great, but I feel like it's any ranching family has that same love and passion for that land. You know, they, it's their blood, you know, lots of times it's been generations upon like Jatana's ranch and, you know, my family ranch and my husband's ranch, it's generations upon generations and it's family members and history. And so it's hard not to just naturally have that love basically instilled in you from birth when, you know, that's what you've grown up around. And I feel like there's a level of responsibility that exactly you have to carry on what has been built. Yeah. And sometimes it's like Jatana said, you just, it's overwhelming. You hope you don't screw it up. You know, you don't want to be that generation that, um, you know, that drops the ball and, and really, um, not only leaving it better or, or in better shape than what we were given it, but to add a level of prosperity to the ranch is, is something that we all hope that we can do. And, you know, maybe a little bit of, that's what we're kind of hoping ranch wise could do if, you know, bring a little bit more added value and continue on maybe if there's a child that wants to continue it or continue Ranch Direct, um, that we've gone at least down that path a little bit that they could, you know, investigate further into it if they wanted to, too. Yeah. Well, we are starting to see a shift in how people can purchase beef. Why do you guys think that is? It's definitely amazing to see consumers want to know more about where their beef is raised and we wholeheartedly admire that and definitely don't take for granted the consumers that do want to know and so we love to tell our story we love to show people how their beef is raised and there are so many options and for people to choose our option we're grateful but we do want people to know that any beef is can be great beef you know eating beef is supporting um, us, local ranchers, distant ranchers. It's all one community. So people can order beef online through your website, but you also do some pop-ups and events where you sell the beef as well. So talk a little bit about that and the benefits of doing it online and also in person. I love pop-ups. I have been fortunate enough um, to attend um, a couple of them now. I traded attended a bigger trade show in Lincoln and then um, a couple of the smaller ones in, um, I wouldn't say it's like a small town, but, you know, smaller than Lincoln and Omaha. And every single time I leave them, I feel like this amazing feeling of community. And to spend my time there with other people who are sharing their work and their talent and then to see all the local people that came out to support them. And intentionally, usually they're advertised, and it's that person who's making a conscious decision to support local or to support, you know, a friend of a friend. Or um, It's just I can't even describe it. And I try to all the time after every pop-up because I'm like, I need to show my appreciation and my gratitude and put these into words. And it is just this amazing feeling of, I mean, it's scary to start a small business. You're taking a risk and 
Um, so to know that there's even one or two or five or 15 or how many ever came out to support you, that there's those people in your corner that believe in what you're doing and support what you're doing. It just makes like, you're just so appreciative and there's nothing better than the pop-ups. And I'm so thankful and fortunate that I've been able to be a part of them. Yeah. In Bozeman or the surrounding areas, I'm in Three Forks. So the support that we have there is is even including ranching community members. Like we have a, a ranching friend that has bought our beef for gifts. And how awesome is that? She has her own, you know, cattle herd and she's buying our beef. That's awesome. That speaks like mountains of words. Um, and so our dynamic in the Montana area is a little bit different. I've traveled some crazy windy roads to deliver beef, but it's awesome. You show up to their house and they've got this freezer prepped and ready for their delivery. And that's just awesome. It's awesome to share a piece of our ranch with their homes. Yeah. And food is very, um, I wouldn't say it's like emotional, but people have connection to food. You know, they are tied to it. Maybe it's through a family recipe um, or maybe they t- tie their identity to it. And so to know that people trust us, you know, to bring our beef into their home as food that they want to prep and share with their families, um, you know, with a family meal, it's a really awesome feeling. Yeah. So what is your favorite beef recipe? Oh, gosh. <laughs> well, I'm just a classic um, on the grill steak. <laughs> steak. I always joke that my last meal will be um, a filet and a baked potato and not loaded. I just want like butter and cheese. I don't want sour cream or anything. What? <laughs> no. Oh goodness. <laughs> my, uh, favorite recipe actually comes from my childhood and my grandma used to make Swiss steak and I don't know if everyone calls it Swiss steak. I'm, I'm thinking so, but anyways, um, it's a cube steak. So really inexpensive cut and our, um, butcher does an amazing job of tenderizing that. And, my husband's family, they've been eating their beef for how many years? And that wasn't really something that they enjoyed in the past. And so it's funny to see them, like, if I'm going to make Swiss steak, they are all there waiting. That's awesome. Does that happen to be one of the recipes on your website? It I, is it's not. We have it on oh, our Instagram. But we have it on our Instagram highlights. But okay. it's not on our website. I but should probably do that. We'll link that in the show notes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so talk to us a little bit. What do you love about rural life and ranch living? The community for sure. It's um, it's unlike anything else. I think people really talk about clean living and they talk about clean living from a standpoint that I don't understand because I've never really lived in that big city life. But to me, clean living is is no available fast food. Like it, it's awesome. If you want to make a meal, you go to the grocery store and you know, we've got, we've got more bars than we do restaurants, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And so, um, it's a slow type of living and it's, it's wonderful. It's really, I wouldn't want anything else. No, it's really the best way, um, to be raising a family. And, I guess I shouldn't, you know, speak for everyone, but I know it's the way that Jatan and I want to be raising our family. And the town I live in is really small, so we have a critical access hospital. So it's a very tiny hospital, but um, that's where I work part time. And after I had Jax, my um, youngest son, I was at home. It wasn't very long after he was born, and 
I think I was nursing or doing something where I was not like ready or appropriate to answer the door. And so I sent my oldest son, Tad, and I could hear him conversing at the door. And he came back and he's like, some guy, I don't, he wants to put a sign in our yard. You know, he wasn't really like articulating very well what was going on. And I was like, what in the heck? You know, so I got up and went out there and it was um, someone from the hospital had come out And whenever an employee has a baby, they bring these huge wooden storks that are hand-carved and painted. Um, The bundle is boy or blue for a boy and pink for a girl. And then you put it out in your yard, and that way everyone knows that you've had your baby and everyone knows whether it was a boy or a girl. And I almost cried. I thought, this is the sweetest thing. I mean, we live out in the country. No one is going to see this sign. And yet they cared enough to bring this sign out so that if anyone by chance did drive by, they knew the Kavoriks had their baby and it was a boy. And I thought, you know, this is this is small town living. This is what being in a small town is all about. And it was just the most thoughtful thing. I, I'm going to cry now. And I cried then. You know, I just thought, that's so beautiful. <laughs> Absolutely. So what excites you most about the future of rural America? I think... Um the revitalizing of rural America is is amazing. It's the next generation bringing the even like web based. I did someone say click to mortar? Yeah, store like that is amazing. That is that's where I think that um, we're going. Like having that brick and mortar, but then also being able to take your rural. Um, business out on the world wide web and reach so many people um, across our, our nation, ship our goods. That's awesome. We're shipping a little piece of our, our home to everyone, to people around the world. So I think that's awesome. I loved that. Yeah. And it's fun, as Jatana says, to ship a little part of, you know, our ranch or our town, because we do love, you know, small living so much. And um, we wish everyone could experience it. And there are so many great things about it that um, if we can even bring just the smallest portion, um, you know, to someone in the city or and, you know, through our stories, if they feel like that they're out there in the field with us or they can experience things um, that they wouldn't because of us, you know, that's amazing. And and, you know, that's part of why Ranch Wives was created. It was to be able to share those things and show what, you know, real rural America is like, not the stereotype of it. Um, even there are some of the stereotypical things I love too, you know. Um, it's it's amazing to drive down um, a town that you've lived in for gosh, thirty two years, and see businesses be renewed and that same storefront be utilized. Like I love that um, things aren't being torn down. They're just being reused and repurposed. And I think that's awesome. And it's keeping people, um, local. And I think that technology is honestly keeping people rural. Like, I think that's amazing. Um, and for Natalie and I to be able to create a business where we take a small piece of our ranches and be able to ship it across America into America's dining tables and share a piece of our ranch with them, that speaks more than words. Yeah. So I'm curious, when you were growing up and you decided to be pharmacist, was your plan to go back to small town? Oh, gosh, no. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> <So>. No. <laughs> no. 
I mean, we, Missoula really, I mean, I think people would probably still call Missoula a small town in the grand scheme of things. So um, our college town was a fun college, Montana town, big for Montana, but in the grand scheme of things, small. But in no way did Natalie and I think that we were going to be here raising our kiddos like we are, but it's awesome. Yeah, I, I definitely didn't think so. Um, let alone in Nebraska, a small town <laughs> in Nebraska. Um, but I, I can't put into words how happy I am that God placed me where I am in my life now. Um, you know, my son can walk after school to wherever he's going, whether it's to his grandparents' house or to a friend's house, and we're not worried about our children. And he gets to walk, um, you know, by the town square that is lined with flags and he gets to walk, you know, with friends. And there's just something really magical about small towns. So Tyler and I were at the the closest grain elevator to us um, in Little Harrison, Montana. And I was sitting there waiting for him to pick out whatever he was getting. Uh, and I looked around and I could see from our truck five American flags. These aren't banks. They're not post offices. They're little their homes, their businesses. Um, that's amazing. That's awesome. Yeah, our little, uh, I guess, town square, you'd call it, is um, just the other day was lined with flags for Memorial Day. And it was the most, you know, heartwarming thing to see. And to know that that's what our children are being raised around is, is really comforting. So let's talk a little bit more. You mentioned just what a challenge it was starting this and figuring out all of the different things that had to be involved with shipping beef and creating a website and building an Instagram following and all that stuff. What's some advice you have for someone starting a business? You know, because I think once you're in it, you realize that you have successes and you have failures and you just have to keep going. But what advice would you have for someone who's kind of in that beginning stage, just trying to figure it all out? Yeah, it's definitely doable and trust yourself and know your worth because there's all these resources out there. If you have the time to do it, it's wonderful to be able to um, pay someone to help you with a website or um, help you in developing your business. But if you have the time, you can do it. And Natalie and I, that's one thing that we um, have learned is just trust ourselves and trust our gut and our intuition that we are on the right path. Yeah, and um, I guess maybe like a tangible thing that I know it's personally helped me is having someone hold me accountable. Um, I feel like if I potentially had started this by myself, I don't know if I would be where I'm at now. Um, and part of it's because Jatana, you know, all the help she gives, but also I think it's because knowing that there's someone else counting on me um, holds me accountable to do, you know, what I said I was going to do or what we said we was going to do. So if there is someone that you can say, hey, I'm you know, starting my website and in two weeks I want to have the homepage done. Can you ask me about that? So that's done. Um, because I know personally for me, that's really helped is having Jatana be like, well, you said you were going to send that email. Have you sent that email? Oh, yeah, yeah, right on it. I'll send that, <laughs> send that email. So if you, you know, I just think that, you know, I mean, no, it's personally helped me and maybe that could help you. And even it could be your spouse, it could be your mom, it could be anyone. Um, Not everyone's fortunate to have a a business partner alongside them at all times, but there's always someone um, in your corner. 
Yeah. So let's talk a little bit more about your partnership too, because I am so impressed of how you guys work together so well. But I know that's also not easy and it probably helps that you've been lifelong friends, right? But still, I mean, how have you learned to navigate that and to come up with a system that works well for both of you? Yeah, it's definitely not um, for the faint of heart to work with your best friend. And so we've been able to um, get through things with, you know, the support of each other, really. Like we just... um, we muster through it. We um, have our good days and our bad days, and we always have the other person to fall back on and say, "You know, today is just not my day. Can you um, can you pull through? Can you?" Um, and I think that that is <laughs> the greatest attribute of having having your best friend alongside you for the ride is them knowing when you need help. We've definitely gone gone through that. Realistically working with the two of us and even showing the Instagram account, like we're able to have breaks from that. And we're so fortunate to be able to do that. Logistically, we take a seven day on and a seven day off approach. And so like we, if we needed seven days to just be with our family, we can do that. And not a lot of business owners can say so, you know, yeah. I've heard a lot about other small businesses that have started with friends and I think it, and then it dissolves their friendship or someone takes over the business. And I was thinking like, how, you know, how could that happen or how does that happen? You know, before I had started Ranch Wives. And then I started it and I said, oh man, I can see how that happens because if Jatan and I did not have the, you know, 25 plus years of foundation built on this, I could see where you know, instances that had come up or situations had been created that maybe would have said, you know, this just isn't going to work out. Why don't you do it? Or, you know, I'll do it, you know, whatever it is. Um, so I think really we are so blessed that we have that long-standing relationship to build off because we've had fights over ranch oh, wives, yeah. you know, and, and I think that's part of why we work so well is because we have such a long history together that we're able to be really, really honest with each other. Um, about our feelings in that, uh, whatever it was, whether it was in that moment or about a situation, but we're, because we're able to be so honest with each other, we can work with each other and we can get through. And I think if you had a business partner that you couldn't always communicate the most deepest inner feelings that you were feeling, um, that it would be really, really challenging. But I think because we can be so honest with each other that it just works. Yeah. Yeah, I've always been impressed with your Instagram and I love your strategy of a week on a week off because first of all, it's really great that you can trust each other, you know, to to hand that off back and forth, but it's also great to build in that time to just be offline when you need to be and spend time with your family. So, great job with that. Yeah, it's amazing. After both of us had um, our most recent babies, we took I wouldn't call it like an Instagram maternity leave, I guess, but (laughs) we, you know, we each covered it for like the whole month afterwards so that that person didn't have to get online. And if they were great, but you weren't, you know, worried about posting a photo or coming up with a caption or what you were going to talk about next, you know, while you were balancing this new um, baby. So, I mean, it's a beautiful thing that what we've created and it wasn't, that's not how it started out. We did not plan that. It just serendipitously, that's how it worked out where we're like this. I think this is what's going to work best is this rotating schedule. So it was trial and error, but, um, we would recommend it to other people that want to go the route of sharing an Instagram account. It gets, we, 
we can jump on with the stories and stuff and kind of interplay. And, and we do that now that we have, you know, kind of built a base that people kind of know our faces or our surroundings. And we do have quite different surroundings, Nebraska and Montana. Um, but in the beginning it was really like probably confusing for people. Um, but we just kept going and kept mustering through that. And now we have a familiarity probably with the Montana scenes and the Nebraska scenes in Natalie's face. And it's rarely my face. It's usually my kids is, um, or the chickens. Jatana was always worried about it. She's like, how are they going to know it's me and, who, and whose kids are who? I was like, oh, I don't know. They'll figure it out. <laughs> so we just like mustered through it. Like yeah. you just have to just just go. Just do it. And so it's worked out. I think it's it's fun. Yeah. It's a blast. Yeah. Yeah. And I have fun just kind of, you know, when you get on, you're like, ooh, where, where are we going to be at today? Yeah. You know, and it's fun. So I think it, you you keep kind of the interest that way, too. Yeah. And it's nice. I mean, we both do have off ranch jobs. So there's not the stress of figuring out what you're going to post then or, you know, I mean, it's really great that it's a shared space for us. And that, like you said, we both trust each other to, sh- to share. I mean, we have we're almost like two one person in two bodies. Um, so I don't feel like. I don't feel like we ever worry that Jatana would share something that I wouldn't or vice versa because, you know, we share a lot of the same beliefs and we were, you know, raised a lot of the same way. And so I think everything that Jatana posts is something that, you know, I would want to share. So I, I just think that it works out really great that way because we do have so many similarities. Most definitely. Talk a little bit about the power of social media because you guys do do, aside from just that part of your strategy, you do a great job with your Instagram account and you've built a very loyal following, a a great following. So talk a little bit about how that has helped propel your business too and and how you have approached that. Yeah. We're not only connecting with customers, but we're connecting with fellow ranch wives and there is a real great community in... um, in the Instagram or, or in the social media, in the internet world. Because as rural individuals, as farmers and ranchers, you're isolated otherwise. Um, we're several miles from, at least I'm 13 miles from the nearest gas station. So to be able to pop onto Instagram and connect with people throughout your daily living, I think that that speaks volumes for um, getting our word out there, showing um, other farmers and ranchers that they don't need to be so isolated. And it's amazing the things that people are sharing from their tractor. Like how fun is that? (laughs) We have these cute little kind of like tractor wars with the boys. I think they're all in the South, aren't they? Where are they at? But isn't that fun? Uh You can just poke. (laughs) Yeah, and I think another really great thing about that and why we have such a, um, a great, I guess, a great following, if you want to call it that, um, or a supportive community, um, is because, you know, there are some funny things that happen on a ranch and a farm, and I feel like people who are only on a ranch and a farm understand that and relate to that, and when it happens, you're like, no way, you know, they do that too, or that has happened to them too. I can remember we posted and we actually need to post more, but we posted, um, you know, you're, you know, you're a farm and ranch kid if, and we told everyone to please comment, um, stories and share stories. And I kid you not, there were some of the funniest ones on there that just made me laugh. And it was like, everyone was like, oh yes, you know, like same me too. And so I think it's just real easy for this ag community And I think that's why it's so strong is because, you know, you're kind of in the trenches together and you're going through everything together and experiencing and it's just this natural 
kinship that comes out of it. Aren't cowboys too very like poetic or very artistic? Like I feel like they have this way of telling stories that is just mesmerizing. Like I can listen to them just ramble off about anything and everything. I love to hear stories. I love to people watch. And that's something that I enjoy um, about Instagram is that you can share those quirky stories and it's almost like they're, it's their creative outlet. And um, I guess to touch a little bit more, you know, another really great thing about social media or the power of it is if you think about businesses in the past, they had to allocate a certain amount of funds to marketing and to um, advertising. And they were brainstorming ideas of how to get their product in front of people. And social media came along and said, hey, I'm going to not only do this for free for you, but I'm going to literally put it in the palm of your hand and let you do it. And so, I mean, the fact that Jatana and I can every day get on Instagram and put our product in front of thousands of followers I mean, that's amazing as a business owner and as a small business owner, I mean, it's even that much more amazing that we have that power and we got it for free. It's almost like sweat equity in a way. It is. It is. And it's such a tool for the ag community, the ranching community to show and tell our story. And that's what we really do want to get to with our colleagues and, and our fellow ranchers is to tell their story. Be the people that write your story because otherwise people are going to write it for you and they're going to do it wrong. That's a great word. Well, what's next for Ranch Wives Beef Co.? We don't know. We, we, we have no idea. No. <laughs> We're quite fluid um, with, our, with our direction, and we just love sharing other small businesses. And so I think that will probably be where we go this summer is to team up with some small shops, do pop-ups, um, really just find our community um, within this crazy wild world. And we just, we love the small shops. We love to um, collaborate with them, highlight their products, and maybe those will end up in our beef boxes. I like that. Okay. Yeah, and we're just staying open to anything that, you know, comes down the path of Ranch Wives. If you had asked us, we recently had the opportunity to speak at – a conference um, to other ranchers about kind of what Chitana was saying, you know, sharing your story and how to do that on social media. And if you had asked us if that was a goal or something we'd wanted to do, or if that was even on the forefront of our mind when we created this company, we would have been like, um, no. Um, but we are so thankful for the opportunity. It was a blast and it was amazing. And so I think just keeping open for all those little things that come along that we didn't even know that we had a passion for that we we're interested in is, you know, also something that is you know, that Tana, both and I are looking forward to and want to keep um, open. Well, you guys, thanks so much for being on the podcast. This has been great. Oh, we appreciate it so much. And we've been waiting to meet you and speak with you. It's been, it's been awesome. Yeah, I was saying earlier, I feel like we've been really a part of each other's journey since day one. And so um, to finally come together, is, it's been really fun. Thanks for having us. And to put a face to the like voice that we've been hearing like (laughs) over all of our road trips. 
<laughs> well, I can't thank you guys enough for your support, too. It's been, like we said, I think we're in our sophomore year now. Yeah. So we'll just keep going. <laughs> I love hearing about the why behind Reinchwives Beef Co. and the ins and outs of their partnership and how they make it all work. And also about the power of the internet and social media and how that makes this all possible for them on so many levels. Well, huge thanks to Natalie and Jatana for being on the podcast. This has been a long time coming. And thanks to you for tuning in. We'll be back next week. Have a great day, everybody.